0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning to you. On this, the third Sunday of preparation for our entrance into the season of Great Lent, the homily this morning is about the settling of accounts on the last day. I'd like to focus on two contrasting verses in this gospel lesson. Verse 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those of you who were at our retreat yesterday with Dr. Jeannie Constantino, and she was asked uh, uh, about the plan, plan of salvation. And she said the plan of salvation was laid before the foundation of the world. And here it is in the scripture verse that we hear today. Verse 41, Then he, shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So who was the kingdom prepared for? It was prepared for you. It was prepared for all of mankind from the foundation of the world. And who was the everlasting fire prepared for? The devil and his angels. It was not prepared for human beings. St. Nikolai says this, At the last judgment, the righteous judge will have no place to which to send the sinners but the dark realm of the devil. And that it is in his justice and that the judge sends them there is clear from the fact that they, during their earthly lives, fell away from God and gave themselves to the devil's service. So although God did not create the everlasting fire of hell for human beings, that doesn't mean that nobody is going to go there. No human being is going to go there. Because some human beings will go there. The main point I would like to make is, will become more obvious as we move through this, that we must protect the righteous man within us. We must protect the righteous man within us. In his homily, on the verse, Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. Psalm 50. St. Nikolai says this, Brethren, God appeared to the world in the body of a man. He appeared as a commander, as a teacher, and as a physician. But he has not yet appeared as judge. In the first instance, he chose to remain silent. Not to openly express his greatest dignity, but rather... Left his enemies, his pupils, and his patients to make their judgments about him from whom they knew. Those who had sound judgment would know him as God, God in the flesh by the evidence of his words and his deeds and his love for mankind and by his heavenly signs at his birth, at his crucifixion, at his resurrection, at his ascension. However, those whose minds were darkened by evil passion would not recognize him or acknowledge him as God. But when he comes as judge, no one will ask, Who are you? Or are you He? Because everyone will know, without any doubt, who He is. The angels will blow their trumpets before Him. His cross will shine in the heavens before Him. The fire goes before Him and burns up His enemies round about. Psalm 97. Then both the believers and the unbelievers, the righteous and the unrighteous, will recognize the judge. Then and only then, they who recognized him beforehand as God in the cave and on the cross will rejoice. Truly they will rejoice, for they will recognize in the judge him for whom they waged war, him for whom, from whom they learned, and him from whom they were healed. Let's take an illustration here. Perhaps we could put this more simply by saying that when Christ appeared on the earth the first time and became a man, men judged Him. When He comes again at His second coming, Christ again. not in a vengeful way, as men judged him who came to them in mercy, but as the righteous judge from on high, our creator. We capture some sense of this two-sidedness in the icon of Christ. We have we have on this side, we have Christ in His mercy giving us His blessing. And on this side, we have Christ holding the book in judgment. Judgment of who? Judgment of men. And we see this most vividly in the 6th in the century. Uh, 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 Sinai icon of Christ, this two-sided, the two-sided faith. Face, face. It is a magnificent, magnificent icon. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, there is no separation between justice and mercy. We read in our morning prayers, Suddenly, The judge shall come, and the deeds of each shall be revealed. But with fear we cry out in the middle of the night, Holy, holy, holy art thou, O God, through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. When we recite the Nicene Creed, which says, it it says, And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. We do not say, and he shall come again with glory to pardon, cleanse, and heal the living and the dead. We don't say that, but rather to judge. We often hear this scripture verse quoted from the book of 1 John. God is love. Isn't that one of your favorite <laughs> scripture verses? 1 John 1.8, God is love. This phrase is often lifted from its context and interpretation immediately uh, uh, applied this way. God is love and God does not judge and neither should we. Here's two more verses from 1 John. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. And again he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth not is uh, not made perfect in love. context to hear this verse, God is love, would it be appropriate to respond this way? Yes, God is love. God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world through him might be saved, and so neither should we condemn. But... When he comes again, he will come as judge to judge the whole world. And he warned us, and we should warn people, that the judgment of the world is coming and that we need to repent of our sins. How hard is it? How hard is it to distinguish between judging and condemning people and warning people? Is that that hard to make that distinction? Here's an example. An, a, an officer of the law turns on his lights behind me and pulls me over because I'm speeding. License and registration, please. You realize that you were. Uh, Going 73 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. I'm going to give you a warning this time. And you better slow down. Why now? Why would we receive a warning now? During this period of preparation for entrance into the the season of Great Lent. Which is the preparation in our journey to Pascha. Why now? Because if we do not heed this warning, we will not slow down. We will continue to drive ourselves over the spiritual cliffs of life towards spiritual destruction. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. Let us be warned. Saint Nikolai says, At first He came from the cave in Bethlehem, humble and unseen. The second time He will come on the clouds with the angels. The first time, as though sprouted out of the earth. The second time He will appear from the heavens. The first time he stood, he knelt on the ground. The second time he will be sitting on the throne of glory, the judgment seat. We have that in our church. It's right there. This vision and recommendation And recognition will be for some their joy, for others their fear and their terror. And so how shall we live? How shall we then live? Let us be sheep and not goats before the Lord. Do any of you remember Father Richard of blessed memory? Don't be a goat. But, but but don't be a goat be a sheep let us begin by loving the lord our god with all our heart mind soul and strength and our neighbor as ourselves we should feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty welcome strangers clothe the naked visit the sick and those who are incarcerated yes we should do all of these things But St. Nikolai points out to us that there is an inner meaning that has to do with Christ in us, Christ within us. If our mind hungers for God and we feed it, we feed Christ within us. If our heart is bare... Of every good and noble thing that is of God and we clothe it, we have clothed Christ within us. And if our soul is sick and imprisoned by evil being, evil actions, and we are mindful of it and we visit it, we have visited Christ within us in brief If this other being within us that once took pride of place and that represents the righteous man is subjugated and humiliated by the evil and sinful man within us and we give this righteous man protection, we are protecting Christ within ourselves. This righteous man within us is a very, very, small, and the sinner within us is a veritable Goliath. But this righteous man within us is Christ's little brother. And the sinner within us is the Goliath-like enemy of Christ, if then we protect the righteous man within us, if we free him, if we strengthen him and bring him to the light, if we raise him up above the sinner so that he is completely dominant over the sinner, we could say with the Apostle Paul, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And then we shall be called blessed and shall hear the king's words at the last judgment. Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I want to protect Christ's little brother within me against the big, bad, sinful brother I want to protect the righteous man inside of me. Is that what you want to do? Can we do this all together as we prepare for our entrance into the season of repentance, the great and holy land? O merciful God, forgive us all who call upon thy name, and who, because of our weaknesses, sin against thee. Forgive us before that great and marvelous hour when you appear in the glory with your holy angels. For to thee are due all glory, honor, and worship, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.